Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Blog Talk Radio. Records and uh, her, her name is uh, 
Bridget Mettler. And I'm, you know, I'm kind of very impressed with her. She's a great actor. She was in Alvin and the Chipmunks. She's also in the Beverly Hills, uh, I think it was uh, Chihuahua 2 or something like that. And they're getting ready to do a, a series on her and a family where she she's a, I think she's a daughter in this family series. They're getting ready to do uh, Good Luck Charlie or something like that. Um, so uh, keep, keep a look out for her. And uh, I think she's 19 now. And she's like the new Selena Gomez. So she's the new girl on the block. And like I said, her name is Bridget Mettler. And I want everybody to keep an eye out for her because I think she's very talented and she's going to be a wonderful actress. And she's very beautiful. So do you see the focus being being as a singer or as an actress or as both? She's going to be more actress than singer. But I don't know because she's a songwriter. So, you know, she writes her own songs. She's very creative. She might, you know... She might be her own producer, so I would see her as both. I would see her as both. Uh, right now, she's really doing the actress thing more, and uh, Disney is really working with her. So, uh, But her album, uh, Ian, will be out, uh, debut in 2012, and she's on Hollywood Records, which is a Disney uh, label uh, record company, and uh, we'll see what happens next year and see how she does. So, Bridget Claire Bettler. So, you guys look out for her. Excellent. Uh, and, and you said you had someone else as well? Yeah, this is pretty interesting. This 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 kid is kind of awesome. Um, Grayson Chance. And he's like the real deal Justin Bieber. So, this guy plays the piano. Uh, you can catch him on uh, YouTube. I watched him uh, do that song, Lady Gaga song, um, Paparazzi. And he was like in sixth grade or seventh grade or something like that. It's on YouTube. Uh, Grayson is very talented. Uh, he's in the studio now, uh, down working with some Hollywood producers. Uh, he plays the piano. He's very creative. And he's the real deal. And uh, I kind of enjoyed watching him because uh, he could he could sing. He could hit the notes. He could sing. And uh, I think he's going to be something to look out for. He, who, see, who do you remind me of? He he reminded me of John Lennon, a young kid John Lennon-like guy. I don't know why John he Lennon. reminded me of that. Yeah, like a young, like, you know, 15-year-old John Lennon. Like, for some reason, he gave me that feeling, that vibe. Now, I don't know if he's as talented as John Lennon, but I got that from him that uh, he's going to be a just grace and chance. He's going to be a a big star and a good songwriter, and he has this voice that uh, his voice is very catchy. So you guys check out him. Uh, I think he might be 15 or 16, Grayson Chance, and you can also, you know, watch him on YouTube and uh, check out the paparazzi song, the remake he did, uh, sitting at the piano all by himself, playing and singing like a little Stevie Wonder, and I really enjoyed him also. So these two two little kid stars, they're going to go somewhere, Bridget. And Grayson. Absolutely. I mean, speaking about Lady Gaga covers, have you seen the new Weird Al video? Oh, no, I haven't. Weird Al is still around? Weird Al is always around. I mean, it's like, I, <laughs> the thing with Weird Al is, it's, in the past, it was always that 
he always, like, his focus had always been, like, his his hit singles were always making fun of the hit singles at a time. And then if you go two to three years between an album, the songs that he made fun of are have fallen out of popularity, so therefore his current songs fell out of popularity. So then a new album comes out, and there's a new tar- target. So his, his latest one is Lady Gaga, where he's done... <laughs> A mock of Lady Gaga. You can you can find the video on YouTube. It's called "Perform This Way." She mentioned it on a past show with Gal about like Weird Al. I mean, the very first album I ever actually owned was a Weird Al album, even worse, where it made fun of Michael Jackson and amongst other things in the late '80s. But yeah, take a look at that. Well, I got some big news for you, Jay. We have oh, okay. We were. But we have waiting for us on the line a real live rabbi. Are you ready to speak to her? No, yes I am. I am. All right. Here we go. Hello? Well, Cecilia, are you there? I I think I am. Can you hear me? Yes we can. Okay. How are you today? Okay, good. Doing all right. How are you, Ian? Excellent. So Cecilia, let me introduce you to Jay. Hello, Jay. Hi, Cecilia. Hi. Hi. I'm in the car and we're stuck in traffic. I'm coming out of Manhattan, so uh, this is a good way to pass the time. (laughs) This sounds like it's like just like all those like years of like listening to talk radio and just hearing people on the car phones just yelling about sports and about what should happen. But we're not talking about sports today. We are talking about music and just the background of your musical background as a child, what your parents and friends share and your family shared with you as a kid music-wise, and how it led to the adult that you are today. Wow. Um, I mean, it's funny. I was actually, you know, in, in preparation for our conversation thinking about this, and, you know, it basically came down to um, – three things that were my main musical influences as a kid. Annie, Free to Be You and Me, and Barry Manilow. <laughs> very cool. And, 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 where, and where did that come from? Did it come from your family? Did it come from other other directions? Like, Yeah, it came actually, um, my family was, um, I was a kid who loved to sing, and a lot of my musical influences in my younger days were musical theater. And, of course, as a little girl, I latched on to Annie and Oliver and all of the Fiddler on the Roof and got to be in it when I was a little kid at day camp. Um, so musical theater became a big part of it, and my parents encouraged that. They took me to see shows. Um, did I know that, you know, as a high schooler, I got to perform in some of the children's shows that our high school did, but I remember going to see those shows when I was a little girl with my parents. So my parents definitely got me very interested in musical theater, um, and free to be you and me. My mother was, you know, we were a child of the 70s, and my mom got me the Marlo Thomas album, and those those stories about self-empowerment were really a huge influence on who I am today. Um, you know, I'm a rabbi, and my movement has only been ordaining women for about 30 years. So in my lifetime, not even, more, about 26 years, um, in my lifetime, women began being ordained. So that's something that I witnessed. And as a girl who grew up with the message of Marlo Thomas that said, you can be anything you want to be. It doesn't matter what your gender or identity is. That was a really tremendous, tremendously inspiring thing. 
And the last one, my mom claims I introduced Barry Manilow to her, but I'm going to lay the blame on her. <laughs> yeah, like, like, what kind of music did you listen to in the car when you were a kid? Like, what, what did your parents play? Like, what was their music? And my mom loved Karen Reddy, um, Dionne Warwick, oh, Helen Reddy. What was Karen? There's a Karen, somebody else. But Helen Reddy and what? No, it wasn't Karen Carpenter. The person in the car with me was trying to help me out. It was someone else. Um, but there's another, my mom listened to a lot of the sort of the vocalists, the, the female vocalists of the of the sort of late 60s. Um, Petula Clark was another one she loved. Um, we also listened to a lot of like Air Supply in Chicago. I mean, we definitely listened to the pop that was on the radio at the time. Um, but I was lucky when we got a car that had a tape player in it. Um, my other favorites that I used to listen to, I'm thinking about now, were, were Flashdance and Footloose, the soundtracks to the movies. Um, and so they let me listen to a lot of that stuff. Um, oh, and the Muppet movie, the soundtrack to the Muppet movie was another one. So I was very lucky as a kid. I got to pick what went into the seat, the, the, the tape player in the car. Um, my dad, on the other hand, was a little bit older and was a big fan of big band. And he would sing along to all of the crooners in the car when we got a chance, when he got a chance to control the radio. So it was always, so it was, so it depended on who was driving the car, who really got the radio. Pretty much. And, you know, even when I wasn't driving the car, I pretty much got the controls. <laughs> I, mean, I mean, that happened. It's like, um, like, when did, like, when did you get to a point where you realized that this is what I like, this is what I don't like? I think... Probably a little bit later. I, I'm a pretty – I love all kinds of music, so I can't really say there was, like, a I like and I don't like. I think pretty early I figured out I did not like my dad's big band music. Um, <laughs> that was definitely not my favorite. But, um, you know, even as you know, I, I grew up in a Zionist youth movement, and um, early on in my education I started to listen to Israeli music so that I could listen and learn some Hebrew at the same time. Um, and that, of course, thrilled my parents to no end. I actually also loved um, Celtic folk music. That's when I sort of really came into my own. It was seventh or eighth grade, I was exposed to folk music. And my parents, you know, the big joke in the car was at that point, and I think by then we had a CD player in the car, was can we listen to something in English that isn't <laughs> a show tune? So it was, you know, between the Celtic music, the Israeli music, and the show tunes, my parents were, were sort of, begging me for something a little more normal. I think that was about when I realized I had some preferences in uh, seventh and eighth grade. So this really just was about being yourself while just all this, like, international stuff and the musical stuff. Yeah, I was definitely never closed-minded about my music. I definitely, you know... I remember I called into a radio station, actually, and won. That was the first time I was the 99th caller or whatever it was. And they gave me this list of, of records I could have. And the only one I recognized, I think I was in sixth or seventh grade, was the We Are the World album because I didn't know music. I didn't, I didn't listen to anything that, you know, wasn't, wasn't a show soon or wasn't like, Free to Be You and Me or the two soundtracks that I loved. So in about seventh and eighth grade, I started to branch out and learn more about more music out there. God, so, so now since we're way past sixth and seventh grade and that you are a rabbi and a married woman, woman, like what do you listen to at home? Like 
like like what music has what, what music has your husband um introduced you to or not? <laughs> so that's that's a funny question. Um my husband went to college in Texas. So he has developed a love of country music. Um and you know as a as a fan of both bluegrass and folk, it's actually not so far removed from what I like to listen to. So he's definitely introduced uh introduced country into the mix. He's also a lover of, of show tunes. But now I also listen to a lot of the more sort of modern uh, Jewish rock. There's a there's actually an um, internet radio station, Jewish Rock Radio, that plays a lot of things that I love. Um, one of my favorite performers is a, is a, a gentleman named Rick Recht. Um, and I love Karl Bach, Shlomo Karl Bach, and the Shama Karl Bach. Um, anything Israeli, the same stuff I was listening to in high school, Mashina, Ethnics, um, a lot of the Israeli rock as well as the sort of modern Jewish rock movement that's really taking flight. There's another performer, Naomi Less. She's a great, great female Jewish rocker who started a group called Jewish Chicks Rock, um, empowering young girls to do Jewish rock music. So I listen to a lot of that stuff now. I'm really into the Jewish rock because as a Jewish educator, um, I think they're powerful tools to use music to teach to teach lessons the way that Marla Thomas and Free to Be You and Me taught me the lessons I needed to hear in the early 80s. I think um, our kids today need to learn the same kinds of messages of empowerment, and there are Jewish artists who are able to help with that. Well, Jewish Rock Radio just looks so on Facebook right now, and it's like, oh, wow. I can see immediate yeah. articles about Matisya who and fish. I think I think yeah. this looks like the right place for me. I think it's a great place for you. I know you're a fan of fish. Oh, and I, I would be remiss if I didn't if I didn't as a Jersey girl give a shout out to Bon Jovi as a huge musical influence in my life. <laughs> of course, it's just the local connections and just the local relationships. And Bon Jovi's just awesome. <laughs> and, Cecilia. Cecilia. Yes. Cecilia, I have a question. Um, you mentioned that you like to flash dance. Is that because you like to Jennifer Bill or you just like the dancing there or you like the music with I just love the music. I don't know. I, I just who knows I, I can't say in, in retrospect if it's that's what I had and that's therefore what I loved, but there was just something great about dancing with my camp friends and our bunk you know, to Flash Dance and Footloose. Those were the two albums. Um, and there's something very cool. I was a dancer, um, and she was, you know, a dancer trying to make it, and that was something very cool to me. <laughs> okay, what, I, was, I was saying, when you were little, did you have a radio, and when did you get your first radio or cassette deck? How did that work? Did you ever get independence from the car radio in the car when you can go in your room and listen to what you yeah. wanted to listen to? What, when did that happen? What age? Um, when I was, I remember in fourth grade, I got this hand-me-down, horrible, like, cassette player that was, you pushed a button, you had to, like, you had to hold the fast-forward button. It was, it was meant for, like, <laughs> dictation recording, and I, I remember playing with that in my little playroom until it broke. Like, I actually broke that and broke one of the, I remember the Muppet movie tape broke, and I remember then at my bat mitzvah, I was in sixth, the end of sixth grade, uh, no, at the end of seventh grade, I got one of these Sony, I remember it was purple. It was the coolest radio ever. It was a cassette deck and radio. It was a double cassette deck, and it was purple, and that was the coolest thing in the world. It was wow. purple. <laughs> it was lilac, actually. It was lilac. It was very, it was very special. <laughs> yep. 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 
you know, so going into like the market, what do you think about? Have you feel? Have you seen any of the trailers for the new Muppet movie coming out? This, I did. This, I'm super excited. <laughs> I was, like the fact is, I I see so many movies. That's the one I'm looking forward to more than anything else this year because because it looks like the first. I I can't say real because obviously Jim Henson's been gone for 20 years, but it seems like the first movie that really like has the heart of like of what Jim Henson done since he passed. Yeah, I'm hoping it's fantastic. The trailers look good. I have to say I'm also looking forward to Harry Potter. Not gonna lie, I'm very excited about the Muppets, but I'm a little more excited about Harry. Well, you got Harry Potter happening right now, and also it opens on my birthday, so I mean. You can't go wrong. Uh, yep. Happy early birthday. Oh, thanks. Thank you. Well, I got I got one more question in for her. I wanted to know, like the the folk concerts. Did she get a chance to go to any of these folk folk concerts or see any of these great uh, artists, these rock artists that she was uh, talking about earlier? Did she get have you went to any concerts with your parents or? You know, yeah, I got really yourself? really into yeah I got into the Celtic folk scene. Went to see one of my favorites of the group called. But they're um, they're not they're not around anymore. They were called Silly Wizard, and they were like a Scottish band that I loved more than anything. Um, I've been very privileged to go to a lot of different concerts. I've been to from everything from Bon Jovi to um, George Michael was the first concert I went to. I'm totally a child wow. of the '80s. <laughs> um, I got to see Paul Simon, which was very cool because he sang Cecilia while I was there. But I've also been to um, the, Phil- the Philadelphia Folk Festival. I camped out, went to a similar kind of folk festival on the shores of the, Ga- the, the Sea of Galilee in Israel, which was incredible. So I've, I've been very privileged to do a lot of the folk scene um, and go to some big mega concerts and lots of great concerts with these Jewish performers I've talked about, like Rick Rex and Debbie Friedman, Craig Taubman. I mean, I've been to all of their concerts. So I'm really, really privileged to get, be able to get out and do that. And I still, of course, go to all of the musical musicals on Broadway, living on Long Island, I get to do that, which is really great. The vicinity. Have, do you, have you do seen you the play, Book of you... Mormon? What? Have you seen the Book of Mormon yet? Not yet, and I don't know when I'm ever going to get a ticket at this point. <laughs> uh, same here, same here. Do you play an instrument? I do. Um, I'm actually a, a, tra- a classically trained soprano. Um, I play the guitar, violin, um, the penny whistle, and I'm learning the harp. <laughs> wow! <laughs> wow, that's, that's incredible. Did you learn you learn those instruments as when you were a kid, or did you learn them as an adult, or how did that work? Um, I started on violin as a kid, and I picked up the penny whistle, which is a you know a little bit like a recorder, since that was from my Irish music phase. Um, and as an adult, I learned the guitar. Wow. And did you play first or second violin? I mean, in the... I, I was actually first chair in my high school orchestra. Really? <laughs> yeah. Wow. That's a little known fact, but now you know. <laughs> yeah, I haven't picked up my violin about. in 10 years. What? That's okay. <laughs> no, I think that's great that you, you did that. And so, you, so do you think it's important for kids these days to learn an instrument? Yeah. I think it's really important to be able to. Music is like another language, and it's a beautiful language to be fluent in. If you can read music and play any instrument, you can pick up another instrument along the way. 
and it gives the kids uh, socialize, they can socialize and work together as a team to get along and learn those skills, those social skills also. Absolutely, absolutely. Even if it's just picking up a tambourine and dancing with, with others, you know, just having that, that ability to, to rock out and sing and get with the rhythm is, is a tremendous opportunity, whatever the kind of music it is. Wow. Well, that, that's 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 the that's the I finished answering my questions. Then I I really enjoyed talking to her. Greg, you've been a great guest. I appreciate you coming on the show. Thank you. It's been a pleasure. Absolutely, Seth. Thank you so much for joining us and just sharing just your just wealth of just musical knowledge that you just for as a child up until now. And I guess my last question is like. What role does music have in your synagogue um, with your presence as a rabbi? Um, we're very fortunate to have um, a gifted cantor in our synagogue and have a commitment to music. We have a kids' choir, a teen choir. Um, we have a family service where I have a more active role where we do more congregational singing and singing together. Um, and I really love to use music as a teaching tool when I'm with, whether it's taught in our taught Shabbat program with our um, religious school-age kids or even with adults, using music at every step. Um, it's in our services. It's in our classrooms. Um, it's everywhere. Absolutely. See, thank you so much for joining us today. Thank and, you. And, and I'm you glad have, I was and, able and to finally can, do it. Absolutely, and you have a say, and, and um, best of luck getting out of traffic in the rain. Yeah, we're still not home. <laughs> we're still not there. <laughs> All right, take care. Uh, Thank you. Thanks a lot. All right, thank you. Thank you. Bye-bye. All right, bye. Bye-bye. Hold on. Let's see. Thank you, Cecilia, for joining us. Jay, I mean, wow, it's like, it's just amazing just, I know in terms of religion, I know that we've had some past guests um, from your church, and now we have, we've had Cecilia here today. Just really just a, just amazing about just bringing music, like, into different levels and just bringing it into, like, the everyday points of your life. Right, right. And um, she's very talented, too, and now she's a rabbi and a musician. Which uh, is yeah. that's incredible. It's, she can talk three different languages, you know, uh, Hebrew and English, music, and so she can really, really bring her message to her audience and to you know, and that's what's really great uh, when somebody's that talented. Um, Cecilia is very talented, and uh, it was just a pleasure having her on the show. Um, I remember Flashdance too, you know. I I like Michael Sabello. He kind of wrote the. Uh, it's the maniac, maniac. That song, yeah. and uh, I really enjoyed the song, the energy that the song had. And if you were a dancer, you know that that movie was made for dancing. So um, it, it's very just amazing, yeah. just how like there's really like this timelessness of those '80s era movies. And it's just as Cecilia was mentioning about Footloose and Flashdance, I know that like I know Footloose had since become a Broadway musical and Actually, I know over the last few years, there's actually been a lot of discussion. I'm not sure if it actually, the movie was made or not, or I think it might have been, or supposed to come out where they're making a, they're releasing a remake of Footloose. 
Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. I wonder if, uh, I wonder wonder, if, I wonder if Kevin Bacon's going to have a um, cameo. Because I remember when they first started talking about it a few years ago, it was when High School Musical was hot, and there was a lot of talk of Zac Efron being the lead, but then he dropped out. So I, I don't know what it is, but it's just something to to see these, like, just these movies and just just these things that connect people and that people, that have made people who they are, their identities, that, that that just moves on to a new generation in a new decade. Wow. And, well, uh, absolutely. So, you, you, so since we've got some time, it's like, yeah, you had something to say before I go into this tactical point? Yeah, I, I got some things. I wanted to, speaking of movies, you know, I'm going to take Jelena to see this Cars movie, and uh, yeah. I just wanted to know, I just wanted to know your uh, take on the music in the movie because she likes to sing, and wanted to feel if you think that'd be a great movie for me to take. It. You know what? I I think it's definitely an entertaining movie. I mean, Pixar is really good at what they do. The thing is, there's not much music in it, to be honest. I know that okay. Pixar, even though there is music in their movies, like. They don't do musicals like the way that Disney, Disney in their history. I mean, they don't do it consistently every year anymore, which actually thinks a good thing because they can spread them out. But it's like, the like Cars is. I mean, Cars is a movie. It's a great story. I mean, and then you got Cars Two, which I just saw last night, and I thought it was definitely an entertaining story. But it's not so much about a musical story, to be honest. Okay, so they don't do like the Toy Story where they kind of sing what he sings, and uh, I mean, I mean, yeah. it's one of those things where it isn't so much about that. Like, the uh, the movie actually is preceded by a brand new Toy Story short, which is fun. Okay, and there is some music in there, and I can say that that okay. was definitely entertaining as well. But not so much about being musical compared to, as I said, compared to like. I mean, the thing that, what, like, what Disney was really famous for, like, you're, like, Snow White and Aladdin and Beauty and the Beast and, of course, The Lion King. And Happy Feet. Really, you know, kind of like, hey, yeah. Happy Feet. You know, Happy Feet 2's coming out. Oh, okay. I wonder what... <laughs> I think that's coming out this Christmas time, I think, because I saw, I saw some trailers over the last few weeks for it. Well, it must be coming up because I saw in the news that a penguin had lost his way and ended up in San Diego or somewhere down there, and it was one of those happy feet penguins. And so maybe huh. maybe that's a sign that the movie is coming out. <laughs> or you got, or, or the fact is you got Mr. Popper's Penguins, which just opened last week, where you've got Jim Carrey and these penguins that moved into his apartment. <laughs> that's got to be funny. <laughs> yes, I mean. I mean, compared to if it was like a Rob Schneider movie where he'd turn into a penguin. Okay. So there's no there's no good musical movies out right now, then. There's nothing not, not at the moment. Like, musicals, like, tend to be, like, like, historically, I always see the musicals don't really come out during the summer as much as they come out during the Christmas time and during, like, Oscar season, like, like a few years ago when Chicago won Best Picture, that movie I think came out in November or December. It's like 
it's like summer is about these big budget action movies and and the big comedies with the big casts and that like the musicals right now aren't aren't one of those points. I like I know I'm someone who is definitely a bit a proponent of live theater in particular. Like I remember ten years ago it was really yeah, it was ten years ago and I took the summer class at New York University on theater in New York. And it's like one of the issues with theater is especially like live theater is there are really two major centers for theater in the world, at least in the English-speaking world, being New York City with Broadway and London. And if, even though those are like some of the most populated places in the world, the fact is the re- the thing is like the rest of the country. It's like a weird thing. I I know growing up in New York, it's like you always see commercials for Broadway shows. Right, go see it now, but. How do you like how do you like bring those shows, those productions to the smaller towns? I know there are like touring companies, but it's like what if you're like in Philadelphia or even I know San Francisco actually has a nice nice theater district. But the, the fact right. is it's like New York is New York and I was like musicals are without a doubt a big part of theater. Like I mean like you got the Tony Awards where you got your best musical, you've got your best play. I mean, the fact is, it's like I always talk about how in summer of 2000, the X-Men movie came out, and there were all these big names cast in roles. Like you had, for example, you had Patrick Stewart as Professor X, and you had Ian McKellen as Magneto. But the question was, the most popular X-Men character was Wolverine, and it was like, who can they... It was like, who's going to be cast as Wolverine? And there was all these talk about big name actors and stuff. And then they they bring this unnamed, unknown guy, this like newcomer from Australia. People are like, who is he? Why are they put, giving a nobody this role? Of course, that nobody ended up a few years later having a show on Broadway where he performed for a musical where he actually performed for 365 straight days on Broadway, like no days off. He did a this show for a full year. The show was The Boy from Oz, and um, the actor, who is now a Tony winner, is Hugh Jackman. Right. Like, the fact is, it's, but, yeah, I mean, there's, I, I mean, musicals are great. Like, I know that I, when I was in middle school, and when I was in high school, I always, I always, like, acted, like, in, in the, in the school plays. And I and there was one year I had a I got to sing a line in something. It was a production of Brigadoon when I was a sophomore in high school. And being out there on stage and just singing and actually just having it, even if it was just for five seconds, because they always say there are there are no small parts, just small actors. And I can say that I just made sure I came up big because I was part of a team and part of an ensemble and it was amazing. So Jay, what is your experience? Because I know that you're a musician and you create a lot of music, but what's your, like your like like what's your experience when it comes to actually singing? When it comes to singing? Yes. Um, well I'm a I'm a vocal coach. Um 
I did a lot of theory and composition when I was in high school. Um, worked with some great singers. Uh, I studied uh, a lot of the female singers. I was always a fan of female singers. Uh, a lot of the soulful female female singers, Aretha Franklin. Um, I like Bette Midler. Um, so basically, what I did is I studied most of them, and those. By studying those female singers, it enabled me to kind of be a kind of expert on singing because uh, I work with uh, In Vogue and uh, Rosie James and a lot of the great singers coming out of the pop area in the 80s, Pebbles. Um, and so I was able to take people who couldn't sing and kind of give them a melodic voice or a melodic sound. So... That that's my expertise is being able to take people that aren't that talented of a singer and having their vocals to come across recorded well and uh, be marketable and also keep them that on pitch. That so that's, that, that is that's, just a talent. Yeah, so that's 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 what I've been doing and um, I've been doing that for years and um, I really really enjoy doing that. Uh, um, a lot of people in the Bay Area call me in on sessions just so they could, I can bring the best out of them in some of the recording studios here in San Francisco. And I come in and I pull out the best vocal performance out of the artist. So that's what I do. Do a lot of vocal arrangements and arrange a lot of vocals here. And uh, I really think singers should really, really study theory, music theory, and vocal harmony. And if you're going to be a singer... You really need to study. You can work out of a book, Walter Piston's uh, Book of Theory in Composition, or uh, I really like um, uh, there's a there's a uh, vocal coach, and um, right now his name slips me right now, but he has a uh, maybe next week I'll have his name, and um, he's a Michael Jackson's vocal coach, uh, Barbara Streisand. And he does a lot of work throughout the industry. And um, I really recommend people out there listening and learning from him because he has a lot of ways to save your voice and how how, to, how you can use your voice and save it if you sing like hours and hours and hours live. Um, you can uh, save your voice. I just said his name um, eludes me right now. But, yeah, pretty much singing is an art, and it's also you have to take care of your voice, and it's also based on your health. So if you smoke or you do any of those bad things, they pretty much it kind of hinders how far you can take your voice. And uh, so you really got to take care of yourself if you're going to be a singer. I I get it. I get it. Just and, and the guy's name is Seth Riggs. That's the, that's the guy's name. I couldn't remember his name at first to the audience. His name is Seth Riggs. So you guys get a chance. Check out Seth. I think it's S-E-T-H-R-I-G-G-S, Seth Riggs. Uh, Seth Riggs. Singing for the Stars. Yes, Seth Riggs. Singing for the Stars is the book you guys should check out. Singing for the Stars. And um really can help people out there that want to be young, aspiring singers. You go to his website and check him out, and you can see all the people he worked with. And you learn a lot. And uh, he charges a lot uh, <laughs> to give you personal singing lessons. But he's worked with everybody. I mean, everybody, everybody out in California, they know of him. Seth Riggs, yeah. Excellent. Yep, so Jay, I mean, singing and teaching people to sing, like, um, like 
did did you ever do you ever get to um, go to a karaoke place and do karaoke and just sing on on top of like other songs and stuff? Yeah, that's fun. That's that, to me. That's like going to a um, arcade because uh, it's just fun. You don't have to remember anything because the words are there. Actually, um, <laughs> I'm getting ready to do that with a couple of friends next week. We're going to go out to a karaoke bar where they have uh, food there. And uh, we're going to go out and have some fun. That's just as nice. Oh. <laughs> nice. What are like some of the more unlikely songs that you would sing at during a karaoke session? <laughs> um, uh, well, maybe uh, what, what would be different for me is to sing um, Somewhere Over the Rainbow. That would be something weird for me to sing because <laughs> I'm a male singer. So singing that um, that would kind of be funny. So yeah, I, I know I've I've done a lot of things to be funny, and sometimes I've done some silly ones. I know that I, I once had a job and we once went out, and um, for whatever reason, I decided to sing like a virgin. <laughs> and and it was one of those. But, but the issue is, it was one of those ones where they where they. Re- where they give you a tape of everything at the end, so it became a blackmail piece. Like, yeah, we need to put that Ian, do you want us? Ian, do you want us to play like a virgin again? Yeah, we need to put that on an MP3 and uh, upload it somewhere. You know, maybe on one of those. No, we don't. No, talk. we don't. But but same time, I do acknowledge. I brought. I'm going to brought it up, so I get that. That's okay. But this is this is a this is a uh, segue into the next thing we're going to talk about um, uploading MP3s. You were telling me some stuff, and uh, yeah, the future. Because <laughs> you know, it's like there's been a lot of talk, and we've talked on the show in the past about there's really three main ones that are all just debuting this year or just becoming prominent. And earlier this week, I got an invite for Google Music. Because Wow. There's a few different companies. Like you've got I mean you have Amazon where they've got where they got their where you can upload music, you can download music, but you gotta pay for the space. And they had a promotion where they sold Lady Gaga's new album for a dollar and in return it upgraded the free five gigs of space to twenty gigs. And that's a lot of space to upload music and such. So I got experimented with it, I know. And I mean, the only issue is I have 40 gigs of music. So it, I, I, it's not something I'm straight to pay for because I'm just experimenting with it. But mm-hmm. it, seems like it's a, it seems like it's a permanent storage for your music, which I think is a big important thing because if your computer, if, you, if your hard drive on your computer is where you have your music stored, and it gets damaged or it actually gets erased, you can lose all your music. Because I can say that over the last few years, I've stopped buying CDs and I basically download music. Because as we were talking about last week, Amazon is now selling new albums, not for like $10 or $12 or $15, like you used to see at record stores or even on iTunes, but they're selling like the new albums for $5. I mean, that's wow. just cheap. I mean, 
to have access to that music where I basically, the main places I listen to music are on my phone and on my computer that that works. So this brings me to Google Music. It's like, what is Google Music? Google Music gives a lot more space than Amazon. So they have enough space for, they say, they space is for 10,000 tracks. I have less than 10,000 tracks in my 40 gigs of music. So I've been uploading things to Google Music. And the good things about the Google Music is you can then listen to anything you uploaded on any computer with an Internet browser. And on, on the mobile plans, you can, they have an Android app. They don't have an iTunes, an Apple, iOS, iPhone, iPad app yet, but they've got Android. But right now I see the big strength of it is for people who are at work and want to be able to listen to their music at work, and they can have their entire collection online. The one drawback to Google Music from the, at this point is that you can only upload things to it. You can't download it. It's not this free storage for your music, which is something I would really like because I like the idea of having a permanent backup to the music. I mean, the closest that I've seen right now is what Apple has, which is coming out this fall with iTunes Match, where it's $25 a year. Compared to if I wanted to get use Amazon's music service to store my music, that would be $50 a year based on the amount of things that I have. So I can say that it is a very exciting time that there's a lot of digital music, digital backups, digital forms to play the music. And Jay, I can tell you that I'm very excited about it. Wow, that's a so how is how uh, is this service free and how long is it free or just it, it depends it depends on the service. Google Music is free. It is one hundred percent free. You don't you don't pay for anything. I don't okay. know maybe because right now it's in beta and they limit it to ten thousand songs, but there is a possibility that in the future, like they do with other services, like with Gmail. Where if you run out of space, if you run out of space, you can buy more space. I would not be surprised if that happened. However, as I, the biggest issue with it is it's really an upload-only service. It will hold your music, but it won't let you take it back after you're done with it. So, is, is, is it compatible with any MP3 uh, file? Or and, and you know what? It's like there. The one thing is it won't take any files with DRM on it. Okay. And I know that there's music that I bought on iTunes like a few years ago because Apple no longer has DRM on their music, but some of the music I had previously bought has DRM. I could pay something like $20 to, or something like, thir like 30 cents per song to upgrade it and remove the DRM restrictions. But I'm thinking to wait until the end of the summer when iTunes Match comes out, assuming I'm ready for it, because what that will do is it actually replaces every single MP3 and every single music file that you have on your library with iTunes quality files. And this is actually a question which I've been wondering, and I would love someone from Apple or someone can answer. By will 
iTunes match replaced my iTunes files with DRM with iTunes files without DRM, making the 30 cents per song that I could be paying right now irrelevant. Right. It's like lots of little, like, nitty-gritty, geeky questions that are yet to be answered. Although I can say in the next few months, it's going to be exciting because I know the one thing that Apple has that Amazon and Google don't is they have deals with every single record label. I would not be surprised if almost all of that $25 that's being, that's going to iTunes Match goes directly to the record companies. Because <laughs> there's, a, there's a big... Um, a big issue has been the um, has been piracy of music, and that people have been allegedly have stolen music, like illegally downloading things from sites and stealing from the artists, stealing from the record labels. There have been all these lawsuits that have happened where people are have to pay these like really high costs for for like downloading a song. I mean. An album might cost fifteen dollars in a store, but if you steal an album, these courts want people to pay like hundreds of thousands of dollars. That's where it's a lot more than the song actually retails for. Because, but this is, but what Apple's doing right now is finally a way to compensate the record industry without having to buy music. I mean, without having to use litigation which can be right. something that's kind of dangerous. Right. So these, so these are just basically virtual storage lockers, so you can store your stuff, and uh, it's looking like it's going to be the end of CDs very soon. If everything goes to uh, this format, there won't be any CDs. Everything will be uh, right. digital. I th- uh, yeah, people- I think that's... I think that's certainly where we are going right now. I mean, the fact is we're in the second decade of digital music. I mean, or at least in terms of it really being widespread. Wow. Well, that's very, that's very, very interesting. Save you some space at your house. You don't have to have all the CDs taking up all the room, but I'm going to miss those days. <laughs> I mean, there's a lot I do miss about it. I remember buying the album the day it came out, especially, like, my favorite artist. Looking at the linear, linear notes, some of them might have the lyrics on them, some of them might not. Just looking at the pictures, looking at the acknowledgement, seeing what it is, and just really being connected to that artist. I mean, the way that our internets work now is that there is a lot less stuff that is happening right now, where... There's different ways that people need to find a way to connect and to an artist because we have the fan clubs with all the message boards. It's what makes you the biggest fan? What makes you bigger than another fan? What makes you create relationships with, with other fans who are as big as you who might be living in your town or living across the country or across the world? That's where we are right now because it's no longer, I mean, the barriers for entry into just loving an artist have certainly fallen. At the same time, it's when too many people are doing the same thing, when it used to be something you loved that no one else loved and everyone in the world's doing it, 
what is it? Like, one thing I always talk about is, like, the whole term grassroots in terms of, like, promotion, marketing, in terms of creating, like, community acti- activities. But the thing I say, which some people disagree with, is that when everyone's doing it, it's no longer grassroots. Right. And I just went, I guess I went a little outside of it, but yes. All I can say is I love music. I love, I'm very grateful in what my parents have shared with me and in what we've had and what we were introduced to and what I listen to now. Right. Right. So, so I guess we're at a final thoughts point of the show. And what are your final thoughts? I think we had a great show. I mean, as you said earlier, Cecilia was a great guest. Spoke about a lot of things. We shared with us some art, up-and-coming artists. We talked about some fun music toys. So, so what are you what are you excited about, Jay? What is exciting well, you about I music want, right now? I wanted to, I wanted to share this with everybody. Yesterday, uh, me and Jelena. We took a ride to Monterey, California, and I let her play whatever CD she wanted to play. And so she had such fun, you know, went down there, and she got to play whatever she wanted to play. I bought, like, a bunch of CDs, and I let her bring her iPod, and and then she had her other uh, Nintendo video game thing, whatever that is, uh, and uh, it was fun because I just said, I'm going to let you be in charge of the radio, I'm going to let you be in charge of the CDs, and I'm going to let you be in charge of the iPod. So she just went crazy and had a wonderful time. And I really enjoyed that because I got to see her smile and she sharing all these songs that she liked. <laughs> and she kept asking, hey, you like that? You like that? You know, of course I'm not going to say no. You know, yeah, it's great. Everything is great. And I just, you know, encourage, you know, parents to kind of do that sometimes if you can take a drive with your kid or go on a trip and just kind of let them do their musical thing and get into their world and get into the, some of the artists that they listen to. And so I just wanted to say to everybody out there, you know, try it sometime because uh, I, I really enjoyed that. And I spent that whole day with her. We just listened to all kind of music that she enjoyed. And uh, it was fun. Very cool. Very cool. <laughs> And so, yeah, so, you know, very, very good to let your kid have their own brain sometime and that make them, make them do what you want them to do. I'm going to make you listen to Elvis Presley. I mean, that's not cool, you know. Kind of just, you know, because when they get older, they might resent that and they might not feel uh, empowered. So basically, just get a little tips out there, you know. Spend some time with your kid's musical health. Grow them. They'll make great musical choices when they get older. That sounds beautiful. That's just making your own choices and just mm-hmm. being, an, being an influence. Don't forcing it down their throats. Let people make their own choices. At the same time, right. being an influence where they will make positive decisions about their lives and they won't go into crime and they won't go into things that would that are not the um not the most fun things. And that right. is a beautiful well, thing. 
Yeah, because a lot of our guests, you know, Ian, a lot of guests we have, they always say, yeah, well, I used to go, I, now I go back into my mom and dad's collection because I enjoyed the stuff that they listened to. And then if you force it down their throats, then a lot of times they won't go back and listen to some of the stuff they parents because they feel like it's a chore, you know. So you want your kids to go back and say, oh, you know, like by listening to Cecilia, she was saying um, her parents listened to Air Supply and, and groups like that. So she went back and checked them out again, you know, to see what was so fantastic about them. My parents used to listen. I remember this when I was a kid. It was a wonderful time. Well, Jay, once again, this has been a wonderful time today. I thank you very much for joining you. And uh, you know what? I think, wait, Jay, what's this? You have one more question to ask me? Yes, what is your treasure.net? <laughs> Yes, what is your treasure dot net? My treasure today is just just being able to I've I've actually started taking yoga classes again and I have a yoga class tonight and just really just being in shape and just taking care of my body just physically and mentally is a beautiful thing. And for you, Jay, what is your treasure dot net? Well, the Oakland A's are out of a slump, and they won six in a row. They kind of lost last night 3-2 to the Nets. But uh, I'm glad they got a new manager, and that's what I'm happy about today. <laughs> Excellent. And maybe the rain will stop here in New York, and the Mets will, and A's will play their game. That'll be wonderful. But I don't want to lose again. We already lost last night to the Mets. So, But, you know, what's strange is I am a Mets fan also because I am actually from New York. So that's kind of a nail-biter there for me. There you go. Well, Jay, I thank you very much. And I'd like to invite everyone to join us next Thursday, same time. That's right, next Thursday, Jay, we're going to be having another wonderful episode of Parents Kids Music. So thank you very much, Jay, and let's have a good week. Okay. All right, see you all later. Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.